0: This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. Today is Friday, November 6, 2015. Standing next to me in this uh, gloomy room.
1: Gloom and doom.
0: Is the famous Hattie Cook.
1: Oh, I'm famous now?
0: Yes, famous <laughs> for being fired. Because you were fired right. earlier this week. We'll talk about that on the show. Yes. You know we're gonna try call-ins today because I think maybe the ansible is working, and I don't see she starts yawning as soon as we start the show because
1: we're in the gloom and doom room. It's all the minute nice we start the show. I know.
0: So if you want to try calling in live, uh, I'll tell you what we haven't been doing this in so long. I know it's. Been- I that I think people have forgotten that we do it. Or I think that you people can have call in. forgotten that we even do the show live, or that you can call in. Or
1: what the number is. Or
0: what the number is or that we have a number. Or that call ins <laughs> are part of the show. So I don't expect any calls. For the record, there but, will be no calls. However, I'm going to do my duty and <laughs> list uh list the number for people who wanna for the one person who remembered that we were calling in that we they could call in live. It's five one two five one eight five seven four, the number to dial 512-518-5714. We're not going to get any calls. That's all right because I have so much to talk about. It's so much to talk about that it's uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. So many things and I've been using a whole new process to track all of this. But man, there's a lot. I have enough to do two or three shows.
1: Well that's good because we do need to do we like do need two or three. Do shows. We do need to do. We do need to do. You
0: got a lot of And is this happy- really this yeah. is really how many sponsors we have? How come you're selling this so ch- show so cheaply?
1: Uh well first of all, I'm not All right, let's save it for se- now. Well, well, you're not going to take all, over the
0: show again, are you? No, but okay, second let's move of all, on.
1: if you had done, you know, them Oh, so you're going to So you're
0: saying it's my fault that the shows didn't happen? Yes. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh why were you fired?
1: Uh, I think I didn't put sponsor notes in something, and you said I was fired.
0: Is that what happened? Because I fired you over Twitter. Yeah. And you're still here. You're still coming in. So you didn't take the firing that seriously, I no. guess. How, if I, how could I fire you at this point? Is I don't it possible? because I
1: think I would just defy you.
0: You would just keep showing <laughs> right, up. Right,
1: I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm fired. How <laughs> would I, I mean, how I would know.
0: I get you to be scared again like you used to be
1: i feel like you would have to like move over the weekend and i'd come in and like the doors locked and like the the five by five is like ripped <laughs> off the thing and i'd be like oh well then i guess yeah
0: you, that would just you would just start working from home then
1: right i still have my email connected and yeah. everything yeah I still
0: work <laughs> so i miss that i miss when you used to be scared you can tell if you go back and listen to the old uh episodes of quit and old episodes of frequency the early ones you were truly afraid of being fired at all times. And then I somehow I still am. That just went away.
1: I still now am. I'm still worried about Facebook it. it's on Facebook
0: all the time.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah, I know. Never she never lets me see during a show what's on her screen. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> big, so, big uh, speaking of speaking of Facebookers. Maggie's out today, sick. Yep. And uh, this is a good topic this is a topic i wanted to talk about which is abuse of sick time ah. rampant abuse. obvious abuse of sick time and sick days and i remember back in the 90s and 2000s one huge perk back in those days we didn't get upset and 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 threaten lawsuits if we didn't have lactation rooms right we didn't Threaten Did we talk to, about that in the last episode? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We didn't threaten to walk out and find a better, cooler job if we didn't have a...
1: a racquetball space. racquetball
0: space, an artisanal cafeteria with uh, gluten-free bread rolls. If we didn't have beer in the fridge, it's your fifth yawn. Turn a, turn a light on.
1: I like the cozy environment. Oh, my
0: God. I can barely see if it wasn't for the light of the it screen. It is really
1: dark. You want me to put the blinds up?
0: It's just the, no, it's just this crappy weather we've been having. Yeah. So back in those days, we didn't have those kinds of perks. A perk was they don't track our sick days. <laughs> right. They don't we're, have unlimited. And I remember when I first got a job that had unlimited sick days. I was like, <laughs> well, wow. I'm sick
1: every unlimited day. Unlimited sick days. <laughs>
0: every Friday, I might just have to be sick. And it, it turns out they didn't mean it that way. They meant that they weren't going to track the days that you were sick if you were legitimately sick. Uh, so it wasn't as much fun as I thought. But Maggie, I feel like, is uh, she's she's sick again. And she t- she texted us. Yes. And she's finally learned that when you're sick, I don't want you to come in. When you're sick, don't come in. And this is good advice for everyone out there, especially those of you early on in your career. If you're sick, don't go to work because... Then
1: you'll spread the illness. Yes,
0: you'll spread your terrible diseases around, number one. And number two, you will wind up uh, doing half as good of a job as if you just relaxed and got better faster. We want you better faster. You know, Hattie. another thing they don't tell you about when you think about start running your own company, that you're going to need to become an expert in understanding... Illnesses. Well, commercial real estate leases. True. It's
1: very, very true. Every
0: time we talk about wanting to move or moving, there'll be some snarky Twitter people. Well, I thought you just moved. (laughs) Didn't you just move?
1: Moving again.
0: Moving again. Moving so soon. We actually haven't moved in a very long time. A
1: year and a half?
0: Yeah. We've been here trying to move repeatedly.
1: For a year. And this
0: is, so when we started out, and I think this is an interesting story for people because it's it's a mistake that I made and people like to learn from other people's mistakes so they don't have to make them themselves. So I wanted to talk about my my latest mistake title. My my latest latest mistake. mistake. We, when we first started out, I went searching for an office and I worked with a local real estate, commercial real estate company and searched and searched for an office and saw tons and tons of places and couldn't find one that was small enough for us. Small enough for us, meaning basically me and like a producer. And I struggled with it for a long time. I really didn't want to have to work out of my house, but I wound up working out of the house and it was really a, a struggle. I'd done it for a couple of years already when my son was young in our house in Orlando, Florida, and it worked out fine. But as he started to get older and, you know, stopped taking naps and stuff, I used to be able to like record while he was asleep or record after he was asleep because the rest of the time they run around and make noise. It's crazy. But then when my second one was born and started getting a little older and then we had the both of them I had to get out of there. It's untenable as they say. So I got out of there. And the first place that I went, and this is four year, about four years ago, almost Hattie, around the time that you started. Yes. You and I then did a second tour of offices here in Austin and found the same problem is that a lot of places, and I think this is valuable information for people who want to work together, and I'll talk about the pros and cons of uh, working in a physical office versus being remote because I've done both Mm -hmm. uh, in in a minute after this. But before I get to that, I want to finish this story because I think it's important. We found that most offices, so if you're looking for an office and considering one, most places want a three to five year lease. That's what they're comfortable with. Right. That,
1: that makes them feel, they're willing to say, yes, sounds good, three to five. No They don't no want issue. any less than that. No.
0: And the reason why, I, I'm not totally sure why they want such a long lease, but I guess it makes more sense for them as a business for whatever reason. Less turnover? Yeah, less turnover, and they're willing to do more of a build-out. And what I mean by that is, to them, a build-out sounds really like a big right. deal, but to them that means like painting the walls and maybe putting down carpet and or maybe one wall, one wall. Taking yeah, they out might a do wall a wall
1: or putting in a wall. Maybe, maybe and, a glass door.
0: Well, Ooh. for a five year, we'll do that. Maybe. And then the other thing is they might fix that ugly uh, ceiling tile that has the brown stain, like something died and its blood spread out into the. It is a stain.
1: Did you know that I used to think that that was people's coffee that had splashed up onto the ceiling. <laughs> Like in school, uh,
0: really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know I'm what? Like, Maybe what if, it was. What
1: is so exciting that you have splashed your coffee all, perfectly? You in made the a circle. Sale. You
0: made a big sale, You know, <laughs> Sale! Woo! <Woo-hoo>! Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever thrown pencils up into the ceilings?
1: Uh, the boys in middle school used to do that.
0: The big boys. The different big boys. different yeah, show. No, no. Can't do. It. So, searching for all these different offices was a huge challenge, and it's incredibly time consuming. And I quickly, you know. I don't know about you, but if you're running a small business, if you're in a startup trying to predict what your finances and what your employee employee count and your payroll and where you want to be in three years from now, five years from now, it's impossible. I don't know how anyone could do that in a company that's so small that's just starting out that just has a few employees. I think it's easier to predict that if you're a company that's been in business for many years. And you say, well, you know what? We're pretty good with our current staff. We know what we need. We're going to go here. We know what our business is. It fluctuates. But yeah, we've got it down. I had no idea. Would I even have a producer helping me in a year or two? Would I have five people? I had no idea. And to be honest, I still don't really know. I've got a better handle on it than I did. But I was very hesitant to make any long-term commitment as far as office space. So we wound up starting out. In a co-working facility that had individual suites that you could... It's where
1: Quit was born. Quit
0: was born. hmm In these little individual suites. And I got two of them. One that was our office and one smaller one that we used to just record in. And it made sense to have the two separate rooms because that way, for the shows that Hattie is not on, which are most of them, and back then I did... Many times, three or four shows a day.
1: Yeah, that was that was very intense. Was it Was like the time. morning was all shows, and in the afternoon you would help me with sales.
0: Right. So you were on sales calls while you were doing while shows. While I was doing shows, so we yeah. needed the separation. And if I'm right, Hattie, I think for those two rooms it was in the twelve to fifteen hundred dollar a yeah. month range. Yeah,
1: I think. Yeah, uh, I think uh, they were like everybody was six to eight hundred There was always. Garbage going on. Then and it, they started doing, remember they put those long tables out right in front of our doors? Yes. And then people were like there and they were like playing music and stuff and then having extremely loud conversations.
0: It was terrible. It was incredibly distracting. And I just, I just remember we finally just got fed up with it and I said, fine, yeah. if we've got to get an office, let's just find one where we can do a month to month lease and we'll, we will pay the penalty. For the month-to-month lease. We will pay this exorbitant price to get a short-term lease. We found one, finally.
1: I can't believe we found one.
0: In the building right next door to the place we're in, of all places, of all things. And we found it on our own, driving by, just saw a sign. Pointed After, an old after sign. we had a lunch, a lunch appointment, and we were driving back from the lunch appointment, and I remember there it was just, uh, why, why haven't we seen, why hasn't our real estate agent dude taken us to that building?
1: Yeah, I was like, what? What about that one, you know?
0: And we called it, and boom, done.
1: And nice Kevin, yeah, Kevin, Kevin K. helped Kevin us. K.
0: And that place was too big, and it was dark, and it didn't work out, and we didn't like it. But at that time, I had a bunch of people here in town helping out doing engineering, doing editing. Uh, we had a whole bunch. Of, we had a sales and a second salesperson.
1: All right. And we hired kind of like a, a
0: couple interns. It
1: was like an intern slash producer slash front desk person. We had right. a front
0: desk. Yeah. What do we have that for? <laughs> and then for one reason or another, these people either they, they didn't work out or they found uh, they wanted to move back to Orlando or one Everyone went to work at back Disney. To Florida. A dream job at Disney. So things change. But it actually worked out better, even though you and I are working way too much. It worked out better. And so now it's down to just three people again. So now we've got another office that's just been way too big for us. Well, there's this thing called a sublease. So they're subleasing it. We're going to be free and clear. And we finally found an office that's in a great location. It's going to work.
1: Great location. Really well. Sublease. Small. Perfect.
0: It's great. I can't believe it. And they have fiber. I told you that this morning, right? Woohoo. All right, so enough about us. And the reason I bring this up, the reason I want to talk about this is I made a, a terrible mistake getting this truly amazing space that we're in now because I wound up getting a space that was, although it was a really great location and really, really useful, it just turned out to be way too big. And it's so hard to predict that. It's tough to know. I mean, a big part of it is because even at the time I knew I said to myself when we were getting and I said, <clears throat> "Excuse me," I said I think this is too big, and it's too big for us now. Little did I know that uh, one of my people would go remote, and the other one would just want to move back to Orlando. You can't predict that kind of thing. No. And let me do let me do our first sponsor, uh, and then then we can
1: talk about unpredictability of we, things.
0: We could, uh, but then after that, I, I want to talk about unpredictability, and then I want to talk about the advantages of having a physical space and when it makes sense to have that. But our first sponsor is Hover. I love love Hover. I can't say enough good things about Hover. Hover is my number one go-to domain name registrar. They're the best out there. And you know what's weird? I've seen this. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to lay blame. I'm not going to cast a dark shadow upon someone else's business. But I will say there are other domain name registrars I go to occasionally just to see what's out there. And I will type in a domain name search and they will show the domain is taken. But on Hover, it will be available to register. I don't know why that is. It's like Hover's hooked in better. I know. Like they get better results. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on what it is, but I get they're getting truer, better results. I've gone to another place. I've typed in a name I wanted and they say not available or no information. I go to Hover. It's like, yes, this is available. Click here to register it. Done. Boom. I don't know what it is. Hover just got it down. And there's so many domain names that are taken now in the .com, .net space. It's, it's just insane. But they have all the other new ones.
1: Everything. Whether Anything cool you can think of. People
0: like .fm, but they've got that. They've got .tv. They've got Design Club, Pizza, Studio. I mean, Guru, you name Photography, all
1: everything. They have all of it.
0: You, they have all of it, and they, it's a straightforward price. It's, it includes everything. They have who is Privacy. is just built in. They have a free... Valley transfer service, if you want to transfer from another registrar, which you should do. They have a no wait, no hold, no transfer phone policy. All these tutorials on there. And they have this cool thing, Hover Connect. So it's like built in. If you, if you, want, your, if you want your website to exist on like, I don't know, Shopify or Squarespace or whatever, like you don't have to go in and understand like cut and paste DNS records and C names and stuff. They just do it. They know how to hook up with all these other services built in. It's free. Go check it out. Hover.com place to go and to support this show and get 10% off your first purchase, even if it's 100 domains, which it should like be. Like you have. Yeah. <laughs> you go to Hover.com and use the code STOOGE, S-T-O-O-G-E, STOOGE. Thanks very much to Hover. Hover.com uh, and then the code is STOOGE. So unexpected. I mean, who knew? How could I predict predicted that? There's no way to predict it. If we were like an architectural firm We've been in business for 10 years. We had eight people working here. And the only reason we'd hire someone new is if one of the eight people wanted to quit and go to a different place. The only reason we might fire someone is if we had a a year or more of like really low new uh, projects. But the reason I pick architecture is I'm actually very familiar with the way the architectural industry works because several of my friends uh, are architects and are all part of smaller architectural firms.
1: Is it a slower industry, slower growing, or is it ever changing?
0: You know, I think it, I, in my experience, and I'm sure there's an architect right now who's, you know, gonna uh, break his uh, lead holder in half when I say this, but I think it is a slower business. And typically they would get a project and the projects run for a long time. So they've got a long time to do a project, to work on it. I mean, there are deadlines within that, of course. But, you know, designing, for example, if they're designing someone's house, like a, I knew the company, I knew the designed Tiger Woods house down in Florida. Oh, cool. And this was a very long process and they would design it and get refinements and then they'd start, you know, all of that stuff. And they were involved with the construction aspects of it, too. You know, this is this is something that they could they could exist on two or three projects like that, uh, even less than that in a year for sure. Very different from like somebody who's doing like web design or software development, where you might have five projects in, in, a, in a quarter even, depending on the size, you know. And so watching that industry and watching how it goes, like they knew how many people they had. They could say, you know what, we're going to buy this old house in downtown and we're going to convert it into an office and we know exactly how many people are going to be in there. Friend, a friend of the show, Leo Laporte, recently talking about how they're potentially going to be losing... Their amazing studio place that they, that they, built, they, built, that in that they built out. out. Yep. Yeah, they spent I don't know how much it was. It was millions, million, a million, millions. We've been
1: in that. It looks. Yeah, it looks millions, like a multi-million
0: yeah. dollar studio.
1: Very custom. Everything, even the walls are custom.
0: <laughs> Apparently, the, and I don't know the story about this, but it's an interesting one. If 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 this is true, is that their landlord, I guess the person who owned the building, sold the building, and when something like that happens. Well, they can change the rent on you. They can do all different kinds of things. And I guess they're priced out of that building. You know, it's a hassle. what we have now, we have uh, the the monolith over here, which is my pride and joy. Well,
1: it's the baby monolith now. Well,
0: it is the baby monolith. And it is the rack, is what we call a half-height rack, that contains essentially five-by-five. I was Uh, about to say, that is five-by-five, that thing. Yeah, that technology. It's all the Mac Minis, it's the Apollo, it's the DBX's, it's the uh That's the one thing Octopre.
1: If that went away, we couldn't do what we're doing right not, now. Not, if that whole thing left,
0: we'd be on iPhone headsets. Oh man. But that so that's part of the way that I've you know consolidated everything and we're having this garage sale for the stuff that you know if it's if it's been on the shelf for 6 months, that means we don't need it. I'm selling it. So as part of this move, I'm selling all this stuff. If you want to buy some of my stuff, Hattie, could you add a link to the secret computer garage sale? I have a little fun, creative website place, secret.computer. Talk about fun domain name extensions. You have the computer extension. Secret.computer, I have a little garage sale there. So if you want to get some of our stuff and help us, help us get out of here, you can do it. But you know, that's the thing. See, it's hard to predict this. It's super hard to predict what's going to happen, and and what you're going to need to do. Even in, when you think you have a good understanding, it's still tough. And you never know. You never know. You know, Apple's in such a nice place financially that they can afford to build this giant, amazing center, this mothership that they're building. It is a mothership. But I can't be the only person that's seen that and thought, okay, Apple has whatever 600 billion or whatever ridiculous number that they have, but I can't help thinking that, you know what? Like, are they overbuilding? Is this too much? Are they gonna look back at some point and be like, wow, we should not have built such a big thing. That was too much. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe they're so entrenched now and so successful as a company, but look at, look at the companies that we used to think were like that, HP. Yeah. There was I mean HP never had the kind of success that Apple has, for example. But even so, HP was like HP's never going away. Right. You know, HP will always be around. They'll always have the stuff that they have. They'll just continue to do better and better and better and better stuff. I mean, maybe I'm being too optimistic of HP after all. But like you'd never imagined that one day they would be the company that they are. Now, look at the American uh American automobile manufacturers, look at their situation, all the plants, all the infrastructure, everything that they built. You'd never, you'd be shocked to think that one day Detroit would be in disrepair. Shocked, And yet, there it is. Do you think that could happen with Apple? Yes. The answer is yes. I don't know how it could happen with Apple because it seems like they're just as the, the, uh, uh, you know, analysts are fond of saying is just that they're doing better every year, better every year. Could Apple fail somehow? Yes. I have no idea how, but it is possible. So I don't know. Man, I've got. I, we haven't even hit my topics yet. This is going to be an amazing show. Should I see if anyone is called? I don't think anyone's going to call. Yeah, and it's that's like- all right. I'm nope, and that's fine. I don't. I, in am fa- fine if people don't call. I just want to put it out there that it's available so that the next next week right. when we do a show, they'll know they can call in because it's back. We should it's tell working. Virginia too. Yeah, tell Virginia too. tell her right now. Yeah, tell her right now during the show. So the first thing that I have written down is about saying no. But saying no to ideas, saying no in general. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing, I forget if you said this or if I read this or what. But saying no doesn't mean that I don't like you. And saying no doesn't mean that I don't like your idea. Saying no can in many cases just simply mean for reasons that i know or for reasons that have been decided this this is not going to happen right now it doesn't mean i don't like your idea it doesn't mean you're a terrible person and people can't say no especially in business situations imagine going into a business situation where you're talking to somebody maybe that's your boss maybe you're their boss and then you've got to say no to them if they, if they don't have a good idea. But imagine that. Put yourself in this situation first. I think most of us can understand being an employee where you're presenting something to a boss, to a person that's higher up, to a person in a decision-making position. And you've put together what you think is a really great idea. You can't see a downside to it. And you go to your boss and you say, Listen to this, and you sell it, man. You sell it. Your elevator pitch is huge. It's a home run. They listen. They nod while they're listening. At the end of it, they say, "Wow, what a great idea!" Yeah, you know that that sounds like something we could do for sure. Yeah. And then nothing ever comes out of it, and you wonder why? Why did they? Did they not? Did they not like the idea and just not tell me? Did they try to push it up the ladder and
1: someone got, else shot got it down?
0: Did they secretly just hate it? Imagine then if you're that boss and somebody who works for you has just put their heart and soul into telling you about this idea that you know is just is not something you're going to do.
1: Right. You already know. In your you heart, you're like, know, this is not going anywhere. It's
0: not going anywhere. We're not going to do this thing. How do, you, how do you tell them no without them feeling like either, wow, you really just wasted your time. You're so stupid. You were so stupid there's so much you don't know about this business. Get out of my office. Well, that's that's the 1950s way. right? But it's a tough situation to be in where an employee that you like, that you value, has come to you, shared an idea, and you don't like it and you don't want to do it. Or it won't work financially. Or you don't have the resources for it or a million other reasons. It's a really, really tough situation to be in and how do you avoid that? I have an answer, but I want to hear what you're thinking, Heidi, because you look very focused right now. Your eyebrows, <clears throat> your eyebrows are pinching together.
1: Well, it's warm in here.
0: Your sort of furrowed brow is what I.
1: Well, um, Austin, I think it's Cleon. Is how you say his name. Uh, he... Cleon. Yes, Cleon. <laughs> it's French. Ooh. Um,
0: and it's pronounced Austin. The,
1: uh, there's a book called "Steal Like an Artist." I believe he wrote it, uh, but. There is uh, he has a collection of these how to say no and these little old fashioned snippets from different people's um, like secretaries and things like that of people, very successful people that have had to say no so many times that they needed a form letter and things like that. Uh, But he has a great, great line that is uh, be as generous as you can, but selfish enough to get your work done. I liked that line because it's, you can say yes up until the point that it starts affecting the things that you need to get done. And I'm talking about saying no to people asking things of you. Hey, will you do this for me? Can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? Or in this regard, maybe somebody's writing you letters or something like that that you appreciate, but that you can't get the time to, to answer them. Right. So I thought that was interesting.
0: That's very interesting. You know, telling people, telling people, no, it's such a hard, hard situation. Being honest, I think goes, there's, there is this thing that people will do when they don't want to do something or they don't want to say no but they play along anyway, or they act like there's another reason, or they give a false reason. Right. Not the real reason that something's not going to happen, but a, a false reason. And I've had that happen, where somebody gives me a false reason, and my intuition tells me that it's a false reason, and I will call them out on it, by solving that problem, we were in a situation once back in that office I was talking about earlier where we had some uh, some uh, some people in there who were wanting to share the space. They were wanting to share that space. And they looked and they said, well, I think this one space is, uh, is going to be too small for us. I said, well, you know what? We'll move our stuff into that space. You can have this big space out here, which is huge. Big enough for anyone. Too big even. Right. But we'll charge you the same thing for it. And like, oh well, yeah, may, maybe then, yeah, that 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 could work. And then they just never got back to us because for that whatever not reason that was re- that was not, that the, was not reason. the reason. The reason was they didn't they just didn't like the space, which is fine. I don't need everyone to like the just. But to be honest,
1: right, I don't like the space. And Dan, you
0: know what? I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. Okay, dude, let's go get a drink.
1: Otherwise, you could. You can fix a problem because whatever reason they give, as long as it's not, I don't like it, you can pretty much fix anything. Yeah. Oh, well, it's too dark. Well, then well, I know want- how to fix that. Right. Like- we'll
0: get more lighting in here. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, if, I guess if we can get the lighting, we'll, we'll do it. That's not what you want. Now, then recently, while we were looking at other spaces before we found the perfect space we have now, I was talking to Brian Brushwood, friend of the show. Brian brushwood of uh, scam school fame, and we had found a space that was really cool but that had a little bit too much room for us but it, Brian had been talking about how his as his operation expands, so he needs like a place where they can they do they ship stuff out things
1: to out yeah,
0: and they needed a place where they could like store it and also like put together the orders and other things and I thought okay, well, if I have enough space that he wouldn't want to do that, then that would be great. We could get this new space and I get to hang out with a friend as well. And I would like that. He drove out there and he looked at it and he said, this space is great, but I got to be honest, like pff, it's, far. it's too far for me. I'm in like super South Austin and uh, the drive here just killed me. I didn't know it was going to be this far, but uh, thanks for thinking of me. And we went and had lunch. Yeah. I mean, that He set expectations everybody so much time.
1: And he said it in super nice way too, like, right. and you could tell he felt bad about yeah. it because, of course, he would. He and what he seemed, he wanted to office with us. Like sure. he was like, it would be awesome. That'd be so much fun. Like, but just being being honest, this is far. And from someone who used to, live, used to live south, out. yeah, that is far. It was far, too and far for him to to drive that every day or even three times a week. That would just be really really difficult
0: well he was honest and that's what i'm talking about so when you have to say no to somebody if you're honest about it and you're honest about why i think i think you're doing everybody a favor you're not leading anybody on you're not leading them to think something that's might happen is you know it's never going to happen Thank you so much for sharing your idea with me. I really liked your idea, but I know right now that we're not going to be able to do that. We're too restricted on resources or there isn't enough budget for it or that's just not the direction that I'm going to be taking the company right now. And it, it is a great idea. And you know what? Maybe we'll be able to do it down the road. Let's revisit that again and get, set their expectation. Let's talk about it again in six months. But keep hitting me with new ideas. Keep coming up with new ideas. I will say no to most of those ideas. And if you set someone's expectation like you're talking about, Hattie, if you set their expectation ahead of time, and I, I think I told you this early on when you started, I said always share your ideas with me. There's probably tons of things that I'm doing wrong or that I could be doing better and that you will look at from an outside perspective and say, that's not the best way to do it. Why are we doing it that way?
1: Right. And then you might come back and say, because this, and I'll say, oh, I didn't even know that was a factor. You're right. This is the best way. Right. So yeah, I learned that. I learned that pretty, pretty early on that, you know, by, by bringing up ideas, that's a great way to actually learn a lot of things too.
0: But uh, there, I told, I think I also said, I'm, I'm probably going to say no to most of your ideas, but there will be reasons why I'm going to say no. And I'll tell you what those are. Right. I don't think I've ever just, you've come to me and you said, you know what? We could we could do this and I might say, OK, no, here's why we can't do it. And you'd say, all right, well, OK, I right, learned because something.
1: I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And then you come and say, like well,
0: that. can we do it like this? And I'll say, I never in a million years thought of it. Let's do it. Now we're doing that thing. You know, people who are in that position to be clear and to be honest and to be straightforward about it, it's going to say it just saves time. It saves everyone time. So much time. You know what else saves time is FreshBooks. Best segue ever. Best ever. FreshBooks is one of the most liberating things in the world. Why? Because it liberates you from having to do invoices. You quit your day job. You start working for yourself. You're like, yeah, I got this down. I am in control of my life now. And then you have to start invoicing people and you realize, no, it's not going to be so easy because I'm, I don't even know how to make an invoice look good. Do I do it in Word? Do I use pages? Am I printing it from some, uh, you know, photocopied thing? What am I doing? And you finally make an invoice and you're like, okay, cool. I did it. And you print it, you, you print it as a PDF and you mail it to the person and did they get it? How are they going to pay? They never wrote back. A week goes by. Send them an email, fob. Did, Did you get that? They don't reply. A week later, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Uh, we'll be pushing it through to accounting, but you need to forward it to this person. It's probably going to take another 30 days, though. Meanwhile, how are you going to feed your, your kids? They're starving. Your kids are literally starving. You are going to have that uh, child protective services called on you because your kids literally have no food. I'm not saying you have pets in the house it could be eaten. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying sign up for FreshBooks.com. Then your kids will eat. Why? They handle all of this stuff for you. When you create an invoice in FreshBooks, it gets sent out to your customer. You can have it sent out to as many email addresses for them as you want. It needs to go to the project manager. It needs to go to the head designer. It needs to go to the uh, to the accounting department. There's two people in accounting that need to get it. All this can be automated, and then you see. Because they get a, a nice email from FreshBooks. It says, click here to review this invoice. When they do it, boom, they're tracked. Now you know. Oh, they got the invoice.
1: They received it. They've opened it. They have viewed it.
0: Let the 30-day countdown to my payment begin. <laughs> and you will get paid. People get paid better and faster. Did you know that? They've I, done studies. I get it. They've done studies. Great support. Tons of features. They let you track your expenses. Everything. Everything. Saving time, that's the main reason that entrepreneurs love FreshBooks so much. It's why I love them. FreshBooks.com slash quit. That'll let you try FreshBooks free for 30 days, even if you're only going to send one invoice a month. You want to track it. You want to make sure you get it right. And they have all this great stuff that shows you your income and helps process your payments. It's all built in. Use the code quit when they ask you, how did you hear about us when you're signing up to, to give this show credit? And for your free 30 days, it's freshbooks.com slash quit. Thanks very much to them for making the show possible. Next topic. Life is competition. Everything in life is a competition. That could be the title. Life is competition. I like that. And I'll tell you why. Because in, and this is going to sound terrible. And now, First, let me qualify this. Let me qualify this. I'm not saying that this should be your mantra. I'm not saying this is this is how you should live your life. What do you mean everything's a competition, Dan? That's terrible. I'm turning the show off. Everything is not a competition. Everybody, we're all friends. We're all just together. We all just, we love each other and I want to help everybody. I don't want to compete with people. I just want to make something I love and I want to get it out there and into the world. All right. Very good. And... Maybe that will work for you until somebody else wants to start doing the same thing that you're doing, and then you can't make a living doing it anymore. Let's say you want to make Star Wars pillows. So you go and you watch all the Star Wars movies, all three, and then you start sewing, and you sew your first R2-D2 pillow, and you put it up on Etsy, someone buys it. And you make another. Someone buys that. And you start making more of them. And then now you're making enough that you can quit your full-time job and just sew your pillows and sell them. And you're doing so well in your little Etsy store. You can hire your next-door neighbor to help you sew the pillows. Eventually, you get a little warehouse to store all these pillows that you're making. And you get some more people to have. And now you get a little assembly line going. And you're like, man, this is a real business now. Until somebody else starts making Star Wars pillows. And not only do they make the R2-D2s, they got the Wookiee ones. They got the Han Solo ones. And they're maybe even better than the ones you've been making because they came from, like they were a tailor, you know, and they know really how to sew stuff. And they're sewing stuff better. And they got an industrial sewing machine over there. And you just got these, the little ones from Joanne's Fabrics. Now All of a sudden, people don't want yours anymore because they can get the, Basically, the same pillow maybe better, made better from the other place, and they're using organic fabrics and you're just using regular fabrics. Tell me life is not a competition. I'm not saying I want it to be that way. I'm not saying you need to go through life viewing the other people standing around you as competitors, but let's be honest. I right now making the show, I'm competing with every single other podcast in the whole world, including other ones I make. If you've chosen to listen to me and Hattie talk about this stuff, you have also chosen not to listen to another show. You have made the conscious decision to listen to this instead of doing something else. There's other shows you could be listening to. There's other shows you could be watching on TV. There's a movie you could be at. You could be listening to music instead. You'd be listening to nothing. Imagine that. I'm competing with the radio. I'm competing with TV. I'm competing with everything. Life is a competition. Thank you for picking me. You picked me. Actually, you probably picked Hattie. (laughs) But you picked us, right? Right. So, we are beating the competition right now as you listen to this. But everything is a competition. Go into your grocery store, walk down the soup aisle. Those soup companies are competing with other soup companies for real estate on that aisle. And negotiations have been entered into about where that soup will be, which shelf it will be on, what products it will be next to. All of that negotiated. Competition. Every single aspect of it. Every single aspect of everything you see and do in this consumer-based world is competition. And guess what? If you don't like it, go live in the forest. And guess what you'll find in the forest? Competition. I thought you were going to say go live with your father. (laughs) And if you don't like it, you can go (laughs) live with your father. It's the best. Because in the forest, there's competition too. All those animals are competing. Those trees are competing for more sunlight. The vines are competing... To get higher up on the tree. Insects are competing. Everything in this world is a competition. Everything in this world is a competition. Everywhere you look, something is competing with something else.
1: I think even more so now. In 2015, 2016. In the business
0: world? Or in the forest? Uh, (laughs) Both, right?
1: Both. But also, um, you know, and i was thinking about this the other day a long time ago if you were really good at whatever you did let's mm-hmm. take writing for example yeah the you know there are certain number of authors where you're like oh from this time period you have to read these four authors right. then but now like in 2015 when we look back what will be the standout authors there's so many that are so good and have so many platforms And can get, they're no longer the underdog because there is no way to be an underdog anymore. Everybody's on an equal playing field, I feel like. And so there's more competition. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it totally does.
1: And it's weird to think of now. Like even in music, and I I guess I'm talking about creative fields too, but, you know, now banking, like think about banks. Banks are no longer just competing with other large banks; they're competing with little individual banks yeah. like Simple. Right. I mean, like now it's completely disrupted. Everyone is competition now in everything.
0: It's amazing that you said that. I actually had to call my bank, which used to be up there with calling AT and T or calling Time right. Warner Cable as things <laughs> right. things I never <laughs> or want to do. An airline. Right. right. Things that only lead to frustration, tears, and anger. And it was fantastic. The woman who, an, who answered the phone when I called was immediately, she just was, she was hooked in, you know, she was cheerful and nice. And she, how can I help you? She didn't do any of that awful, like, would you be interested in refinancing your home today? No, none of that. Just what's your problem? How can I help? And I told her, she, okay, you know what? I'll, I can fix all of that. And she fixed everything. And I asked her a question. I didn't think she was going to be able to even help with an unrelated thing. Did she even help with that? And at the end, she's like, anything else I can do? I'm like, no. She's like, all right, bye. That was it. None of this, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, would you be willing to take a survey? I'm going to hit a uh, button and transfer it. None of that. She was just helpful, cheery, and nice. And it's exactly why uh, I think because of what you just said. And that is banks are no longer these companies that we are so grateful for just please please let me put my money there right they they need to earn our business and the way that they do that is with a phone call that we made to them when we needed help because that's how we evaluate because now
1: we can go where, anywhere we want and take our money wherever Darn we want right now right
0: they owe us jeffrey seldman said something to me when i was job seeking more than 10 15 years ago and i was having the worst Time finding a job. This is right after nine eleven happened. I had been working at a company, and I had quit. This is the one I've talked to to about here, where I, um, you can't fire me. I quit, kind of thing. That one. Oh, right. And I left there, and then nine eleven had just happened, and I, I couldn't find anything good, and that's what eventually led me to start my own business. But in that time period. I just, I remember looking at jobs for a while and Jeffrey emailed me and I was emailing him about, you know, my struggle. And he said, always remember, you don't need them. You don't need these employers. The employers need you. They need you. You don't need them. They need you. And of course I did need them. But the reality, what he was trying to say and what he did say, and it, it gave me, it made me feel much better about everything. Is that these people that you want so badly to work for, they desperately need you. They need somebody who has your skills and has your talents.
1: Especially if you're a really good employee just in general. Yeah.
0: In Silicon Valley, Apple is competing with Google, who is competing with Microsoft and Amazon and tons of startups that we haven't even heard of yet to get talent. They are fighting to get people who are good and not even just good, just decent. They just need people to come and fill these jobs. Maybe not Twitter so much, but Facebook. They need you. So just, you know, don't, don't forget that. And more topics, so many more topics. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. This is a big one, Hattie.
1: Is it one that I put on or one that you did?
0: I think I put this one on because I was watching a TV show that outraged me. Okay. Listen to this. Do you know, do you know this, Hattie? We've talked about this a little bit. You know how I said everything is competition? Well, guess what? In life, Hattie, not only is there a competition, brace yourself, millennial Hattie, there are winners and there are losers. No.
1: And guess what?
0: (laughs) If you're not the winner, you You are are the the loser.
1: loser.
0: (laughs) It's not always clear who's the winner and who's the loser. It's not always obvious. But I'm sorry. There are winners. Now, there's times when lots of people win. There are winners and losers. Right. Listen, so here's what they do.
1: If you if you didn't get the job and the other guy got the job, <laughs> you lost. You lost, and they he won.
0: won. <laughs> here's what they do in schools now. Listen to this. This is what they I'll do. Put, in put schools.
1: that episode in the show notes.
0: Did I talk about this already? Mm. At-
1: I no, I don't remember. I feel All like right. we
0: did. All right. I'm going to talk about it again for a minute because it's such a good theme, and I don't want everyone to think about it again. And that is. In school today, if you're a kid right now, if you have a kid in school or if you are a kid in school, you're going to get a trophy, not because you're on the winning team, not because you're second, not because your team placed third, but because you participated. You will get the same, in many cases, the same trophy just for participating. Just for showing up. Just for showing up. You will get a trophy, and it will be the same trophy that the winning team gets.
1: So even if you win, you don't get a trophy. You you don't
0: get get rewarded for winning, even. You get a trophy. But it's participation. It's the same kind of trophy that everyone – I think this is terrible. And I'll tell you what. I do not want – I love my kids more than anything else in the whole world. I want them to be as happy as they can possibly be. I want them to feel a wonderful sense of accomplishment when they try hard – and i want them to feel an even greater sense of accomplishment when they try hard and, and succeed and when they fail i want to be there to encourage them and remind them that the most important thing is that they try and make them feel good about their effort but i'm not going to i'm not going to pat it i'm not going to tell them you know what the only thing that matters is that you try you know what that's the worst thing mom if you're listening st- skip ahead for the next minute or two. I love you. That's the worst thing my mom ever said to me. All that matters is you try. All that matters is you try as hard as you can. I'm sorry. That's not all that matters. There's a lot of things that matter. Because you know what that did to me? And maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just the way my brain works. But that, because you know what? The only times I didn't do well were when I really didn't try as hard as I could. I'm trying to think of times where I really, really, really tried, where I cleared that table and sat down and gave it a 1,000%. When I did that, I really, you know what? I, and I understand there are kids who do try really hard and they don't, they don't have success. But they... I feel like I feel like that was just the worst thing she said to me. Because what that said is like it's okay not to win. Now it's true that winning isn't everything. Winning is not everything. But the worst thing that she ever said to me was, Well, it's okay as long as you just tried your best. I want to be clear that like trying your best and doing your best work and be in working hard at something. That is perfectly fine. That's okay. And like, it, it, you know, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I, I do tell them, as long as you tried your best, as long as you tried your hardest, I'm still proud of you. It's not what's it. it – don't but, feel bad that you didn't win. I don't want people to feel bad if they didn't win, especially kids. I don't want them to right. feel – but there is a true aspect of like – there is a difference when you win and when you lose, and I don't want that to be swept away because that's not doing them any favors. For the because when I was a kid, if we didn't win, we didn't get a trophy, right? And the goal is to get the trophy. The goal is to is to, <laughs> if you're if you're out there playing little league baseball, and you know that you're going to be congratulated just as much as the people who actually won, and you're going to get a trophy just like the people who actually, you know what? Then you what, know what are you Why gonna come? What are you gonna want? What are you playing for if not to win? Well, we're just playing to have fun. Fine. Then play to have fun. But don't and, give out and any and trophies. Don't give out any trophies right. to anybody. Don't um, give everybody a trophy, and then there's no winner. And you know what? If you're just playing for fun, don't keep score. Right. Because in the real world we do keep score. And that score is measured. In who's listening to your podcast and who's mm-hmm. not listening to your podcast, or who's buying your pillow and who's not buying your pillow. This is, the, or who's getting the, like Hattie's example, who's getting the job and who's not getting the job,
1: right? Because if you, I think the important it sucks, thing is, but this is, is real life. If you, if you, if you're a kid and you're a parent and you're like, as long as you tried your best, and if you're the kid and you're like, well, I didn't really, I didn't really try, try, my, try best, my best, but I still got the trophy and I didn't even have to really try that hard. Then I can just skate by. I think it's that it's skating, exactly by what it is. skating by
0: attitude. Skating by—that that's our title. That
1: it doesn't matter really how hard I try. I just have to make it seem like I tried really hard, and then maybe—and that's
0: that's was my attitude in high school because I right. knew that my mom was always okay as long as I tried my best, and I, you know, yeah, I, I I think I tried my best.
1: Also, it sets you up to never actually fail because you were never actually trying for anything. Yeah,
0: no skin in the game.
1: I was just try i just did my
0: best you You know know, when i was was a kid when i was a kid one of my friends had all the star wars stuff all of it all of it he had the millennium falcon he had the death star he had everything i had the land speeder and i had the x-wing and i got those over like a three-year time period we could not afford anything nothing and he had everything. He had all the toys. And you know what? He's that ah, leave him on the floor. Who cares? Like you're not going to just leave it on the floor.
1: Like, yeah. I don't know. But right, you're like, I've been waiting for that for so long. Right. <laughs> like
0: he, he, he didn't care about it. And that's what it's like for athletes who want to win that trophy It's like. If you're out there and you're on a team and your team's not winning. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But you want that trophy. You want that job. You want. Be that competitive player, and so what I'm saying is, it's not so much the winning that's important, and I get the message there. It's not just try, it's not just giving it. And it's not just the trophy, right? It's just it's this is this intangible thing, but it 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 is striving
1: to be the best at what you're doing or what yeah the activity that you're doing.
0: Yeah, because it's so easy to get discouraged. I just don't like that. I don't like that practice of giving everyone a trophy for everything. I, and people are going to be like, oh man, you're too hard on your kids. No, I'm not. I'm not. I do not push them at all to do this kind of thing. Let me be very clear. I do not push my kids like some parents push them at all. I want them to, in, I know how, uh, how so much of school is just conforming and getting through the day. And I, I do not put, you know, my kids are not these kids that are, like, signed up for 50 million things. I just want them to have fun. I want them to be kids. I want to get out of their way so that they can be kids. But, like, at the same time, if my, if my kid says to me, hey, Dad, I, I want to take gymnastics because I think she will at some point want to do that. I think she will, too. Or Ballet. And if she's doing gymnastics, there's an aspect of, of competition to it, right? But let's just say, she, let's just say gymnastics. Who knows? I think she's, she's already said I'm ballet. I'm going to say
1: ballet her. because of all the pink. That's, that was no, my only
0: She's already said guess. ballet. She said ballet. But if, let's just say later on if it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, she wants to do swimming or she wants to play uh, baseball or, or, you know, who knows what she might want to do. But if she does something and she comes back with a trophy, I'll be like, oh, do you guys win? No, I just got it because we played. I, that will bother me because I don't I want yeah. her to strive for to be the best at the you thing want, at whatever she decides to do, I will I want to encourage her to be her best at it. And if her best is we didn't win, that's fine. But like the trophy should be reserved for the person who wins. That's what a trophy is for.
1: You want other Am I just, things to influence them to try their best. And if that's a trophy like or should, winning, I feel like I never felt like I deserved a participation trophy. I was it forced. It bothers me. To, There's I, a
0: fundamental problem with that. In I middle can't...
1: school, I had to take a sport. I was not a sports person. I did not like sports. I was very small, very weak, <laughs> you know? Like, I I was not that type of person. And we were forced to take sports. I chose volleyball since I didn't want to do track and mm-hmm. things like that. And out, out in the 117 degree <laughs> weather is one of the few things I right. was inside. So I was like, sounds good. Picked volleyball, you know, and we would get participation trophies and, you know, like the best spiker would get, you know, a certain trophy and things like that. But then if you didn't get a trophy, you get the participation trophy. That trophy means nothing to me. It's in some box somewhere. Maybe. Maybe it got thrown away. I don't know. I didn't deserve a trophy. I didn't want to be there. (laughs) How does that make, and then I thought about like, how does that make the other people that got participation trophies that really tried really hard? I didn't even really care. I didn't, I didn't want to be there.
0: Oh, and you know what? I tried. I
1: wanted the team to win. Yes. Because I didn't want to be the person that made the team lose. Yes. But I had, I didn't care. How many trophies?
0: (laughs) Just take a guess. Take a guess. How many trophies? And don't look at my face because I don't want you to try and read what, how many trophies and then I'll turn the other way. How many trophies do you think I won in my entire uh athletic and grade school and junior high and high school and college career how many trophies do you think i'm in possession of
1: um <laughs> i don't know i you said you say you're not a sports person
0: just think of a number and can say i have
1: it. like an under like under a sure. certain number under five
0: zero okay i never got my other idea never <laughs> got any trophies for anything because when I, even though I participated, I was never, like, athletically the best at anything. And you know what? Uh, that's You're fine. fine
1: with it. Right. Me too. I sat on the bench the entire softball year. I didn't care.
0: I don't deserve I was being a participation forced, trophy. Right, I didn't
1: do anything. I participated in the sense that I came to practice because I had to. Right. Because it was part of my grade. <laughs> but I never, like tried to make the team lose or anything. No, no I didn't I, do any I, of that. I, I, I just
0: uh, didn't. So you know what? Because I wasn't on the team that won the thing and I wasn't the MVP, I didn't get a trophy. But they did That's not fine. win
1: because I wasn't participating.
0: I just think there is a culture of making everybody even. Of making everything even. It's, it's a strange culture that you get as much reward. You're, you are rewarded just as much for skating by as you are for being successful, as you are for not doing very well. There, Everybody is supposed right. to be even with everything, everybody else. Oh, you know what? You showed up. That's really good. Here's your trophy. You guys won. You had the most points of any other team. Here's the same trophy that this kid who sat out the whole time got.
1: You know what? And I just thought of something really important. And that's important.
0: not what it's going to be like later in life. You're not setting these kids up for success, by treating them just like every other kid, whether you played hard or you didn't play hard because if whether you, you won or whether you lost if
1: you show up to work but you do a horrible job let's say it's these same kids that are getting these
0: participation trophies growing up or you just do it just an acceptable job
1: you do an acceptable job, you show up whatever if you if you don't okay if you just show up and do an acceptable job then the pr- then you're going to always wonder why you never get the promotion. Right. Well, I just, I should, I should get a promotion. Because I di- showed up. People that's are my trophy. Dying,
0: people are dying to be average. Right. And they show up on Friday with their hands sticking out. Right. Ready for my paycheck. See Monday. Bye-bye. People should care about being great at whatever that thing is that brings them joy, whatever that thing is that they need to do to, to, be, to be happy. And if you decide to take a job, you should want to be great at your job. Now, I understand people fall in hard times. We have people on the show all the time calling uh, who, who things are not going well for them. And things happen in life. Yeah. And you can be great and do a great job and things still don't work out. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't have We're to We're talking
1: be- about the people that just. And you. there's always somebody in your office that you know that's like, that just doesn't. That gets by. And if you're like, if I did that same thing, I'd be fired. I wouldn't get the raise, you know, but if they do it, it's eh.
0: Let me tell you about Backblaze. It's online backup for your recipes, documents, music, photos, videos, you name it. Everything that's important to you. Backblaze.com, they're using the Grit uh, URL head. Yes. Vintage, throwing it back. Backblaze.com slash Grit. You'll get a no-risk free two-week trial here's how this works you install backblaze on your computer mac pc doesn't matter you install the software and it runs in the background when you're not busy doing important things with your computer backblaze looks around and says hmm, I'm quiet in here starts backing things up copies everything that you've got they are backing up over 150 petabytes of data for their customers already And they make restoring this data easy too. Over 10 billion files restored from people who've lost their stuff, had their computers stolen. Who knows what terrible thing happened. You can restore one file or all your files. And you even can access all your files over your iPhone and Android apps. You can can also do stuff, if you have like a big restore to do, they can send it all to you on a USB drive. It runs native client on your Mac and PC and includes the external drives that you have plugged into your machines as Hattie calls it her external, (laughs) not your external drive. You just say, you're my external. Well, it sounds dirty. It's not meant to sound dirty, but it sounds like be like, yeah, where's your external? I don't know. Don't call it that. It's an external drive. (laughs) No add-ons, no gimmicks, no additional charges. It's five bucks per month per computer for unlimited, unthrottled backup. Go to backblaze.com slash grit for two-week free trial and support this show. I need your support. Go there and do it. I got a couple more topics, and we've got to get through them. I can't can't stop until we get through these. I want to talk to you about providing gluten-free options if you're a restaurant. And I want to talk to you about knowledge About gluten free options. I don't (laughs) care if it's gluten free or vegan or vegetarian or lactose free or whatever it is, if you are working in a restaurant, or if you run a restaurant, or any kind. If you're the person who answers the phone at a restaurant.
1: The hostess. Whatever. Or host. I don't know what the politically correct term is. Hosture. Host.
0: Your job is to it includes whatever you think your job is.
1: If people ask you questions people are, at any if, point if, in the if, day. If, if it is
0: possible that some other human being could ask you a question, you need to know which items are gluten-free, which items have dairy in them. Which items are vegetarian or maybe vegan?
1: What dairy is, or maybe yes. what gluten know, is. You
0: should know if you work in the food industry in 2015 <laughs> what gluten is. Right. And I'll tell you what happens. This is the scenario that happens every time. We <laughs> want to so eat many it. Stories. And now Hattie is has a new intolerance. <laughs> yes. Hattie is now lactose intolerant.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to well. Can you describe something. in detail
0: what happens to you if you eat uh Lactose, a lot of it.
1: In detail, it's not pretty. That's those are the words. All what happens to you? A lady doesn't say.
0: Okay, but it's not. It involves leaving the facility. All of us have to leave the facility when this happens.
1: It's just. It's not pretty. It's it's not not good. Right. It's really not good.
0: Okay. I think I'm getting an idea.
1: Just you can imagine.
0: Okay. (laughs) So it's important for you to know if something, if the sauce. It's on the fish, has dairy in it, for example,
1: or maybe that mayonnaise is not dairy,
0: right? Oh well, you can't or have, rice. sweetie. You can't have that because uh, that is rice because in it. that has rice in it, and rice has gluten, right? No, <laughs> there is something called glutinous rice, which still doesn't have gluten in it. <laughs> so, like, if you're in the restaurant industry and you work at a restaurant, it should you if somebody calls you on the phone and says, "Do you have gluten-free options?" The, the correct answer isn't, hang on, I got to go check. That's never the right answer. The right answer is yes. We have the following items on the menu that are gluten-free.
1: And you know how I not? I have a printed out menu with little GFs written down. Now that's and, even better. Well, then they can just read you off. Oh, basically everything has a star next to it. Okay, good. Everything's almost gluten-free. So let, it can be made gluten-free. Let me
0: tell you how Rudy's handles it. Rudy's is known as a... A barbecue restaurant here in Texas that uh, a lot of people in Central Texas would list low down on their barbecue list because they're spoiled and they love the yeah. food trucks. And by the way, I'm talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> the barbecue food trucks here are amazing. Rudy's is fine. Rudy's is just fine. Not, nothing bad to say about Rudy's. But they're a bigger one. They've got they're a chain. There's some other things. So you know, when you walk in there, you would not expect them necessarily to ha- to like be up with this. So you're like, oh, is that gluten free? They will hand you an allergens menu that they have made that shows all of the items on oh, the right. menu and what they have this one has gluten in it this one has lact- it has dairy in it this one has msg in it whatever you might be allergic to all allergies it's all broken down for you because they know people have these questions and
1: you know what it saves them probably not like how much time do you think that saves them
0: Hours a day, I'm sure,
1: oh, let me go ask, let, let me, me ask. check then the person's on hold, you know, like instead of just being able to hand them or point to an area where they right. can learn the information
0: your answer should never be uh I let think... me let me go check and and again, back to the gluten thing, if you have a hamburger on your menu, <laughs> hamburger is made of ground beef,
1: I would say ninety nine percent of the time. No one adds anything to a burger that would make it now, not meat gluten loaf free. Meatloaf is different. My meat mom would put right. the
0: breadcrumbs in the meatloaf to make it uh, form. But, but this with, is
1: just a straight up ground beef burger. Right.
0: There are many, many, many people. If you just want to catch somebody and confuse them, ask them if they if you can have a burger. If they can do the gluten free, they will short circuit. They don't. <laughs> the, the, the correct answer for those of you in the audience is. Yes. Yes, no without bun. without the bun. <laughs> or even better. Yes. What the way we do that here is we serve them in a lettuce wrap or we serve them on a bed of lettuce or on a salad or what the answer is going to be yes for the hamburger. You would be surprised how many people are like oh well, uh, no. And the reason that I bring this up isn't because I want g- restaurants to have more gluten-free options. I don't care. Right. Here's here's why. It's you need to be an expert in that one thing that you do. And if your job is working at a restaurant, your job is getting food into people.
1: And you know what? It's 2015. Right. This isn't the 1940s anymore where nobody has any dietary restrictions. Right. They'll eat anything that you put on a plate. No. Right. People have. People are smarter and people are be, are able to choose Think what they want to eat allergy, now. Think of peanut
0: allergy, Hattie. You, you, you open a pack of peanuts on an airplane and you're going to the, the, right. the marshal's going to stand up and potentially shoot you. You Possibly. can't do that. And it's you need, you're, if your one job is getting food into people, you need to know everything that goes on in that. Well, no, I, I don't need to know that. I'm just, uh, just a server here. No, you need to know.
1: Down to what kind of oil right. you fry your fries in.
0: And let me go check is not okay because your one job is to know what's on your menu. Yeah. We, there's one restaurant we go to, and I'll tell you what it is. It's the, it's the fancy lady restaurant in the domain, Steeping Room.
1: Oh, it, is the, it is the lady restaurant. It's I'm, 99% women every single time we go. I, are,
0: I, they, I love men. their food. Yes. I think they do amazing food. And they got they got tons of-
1: It is a tea room, so I think that appeals it's,
0: more. I don't know. They call it a tea room. I don't see anybody- It's
1: a little loud for a tea room. I, mean, I don't see
0: anybody doing tea in there. Well, they do the hot tea. Well, but it's not like they're having like fancy tea services. They're That's bringing true. out sandwiches. Well, tea a, sandwiches. I don't get it. I get a regular sandwich in there, roast beef.
1: Yes, but do you see how it's cut like in little triangles tea sandwiches?
0: Well, it's very fancy. I like <laughs> it. And uh, they have great coffee there.
1: Gluten-free scones.
0: And the gluten-free scones, you can ask them because they have a lot. I, I don't know why it is, but they know every single server knows everything about Every single item on the of, whole menu, front and back, without reading, without going to check for anything. This is a, the, can I get this just knowledgeable. Yes. This is how it comes. Oh, I want to get this thing. Yes. This is what's in that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not uh, dairy-free. I'm sorry. That's not vegan. But we have this other thing that's like it that is vegan. Like, they know all of the answers. Even
1: if you just, if you're a restaurant. Why do
0: they, why can they do it? Right. Why can they do it? But the taco place that we wanted to go to. Unsure of everything,
1: had to go literally get a box of the like I think it was like the Booyah base kind of stuff,
0: <laughs> but, and yeah. read
1: the ingredients on the box and see. But like, I mean, that's very nice of her to go and she, do the that. Answer, she was able to get
0: the answer right, so which was the to important. Her for getting I the know, answer. and then
1: she actually was like, "I should check the box on the seasoning right. that goes on this meat." Thank you, thank you for caring enough to go and check. I appreciate very that.
0: sweet, and she did. It. And the answer, the answer was, "I'll go find out." Fine, but the thing is, like. Get if whatever your so how does this relate to the rest of the world? Whatever it is, find out what your one job is. Distill your one job down into a phrase or a sentence. What is your one job? Well, it's very complicated. You see, I do this and this. And this. No, you do one thing, and everything that you do can be summarized in a few words or a sentence. If you work in a restaurant, the end goal. Is to get food into people. What is the job that you do? How would you summarize it? Make it silly, make it funny, but anything that you need to do that is in support of that one job, you need to understand it and know about it and master it. Well, that's impossible. I work for such and such a company where you know we we uh, we do things that are so complicated it takes a hundred thousand people every single day working eight hours to you know, fine. I understand that there are disciplines and things like that but it will never hurt you or harm you to try and know as much as possible about all of those other related or the things place that you be work. curious right be curious and you know who's very curious who wealthfront <clears throat> they make it easy for anyone to get access to world class long term investment management it's an online automated service that invests your money for you you know what wealthfront's one job is to invest people's money effectively. They're yep. going to have to run with that. Yeah, I am like an idea guy. Uh, so they're going to need to do whatever with that. But they can have that. That's free. Because you know you should be investing your money for the long term. For your family's financial health. You probably wondered, like, how do I do that? Do I do it myself? It's very hard. Very complex. very time consuming. That is not my one job. My one job is not investing my money
1: no you've now handed it off
0: i'm going to hand it off to the company for whom it is their one job and they do it very very effectively wealthfront automatically rebalances your portfolio reinvests your dividends all commission free you can see every trade that they make on your behalf in your dashboard anywhere you go on your desktop or in your pocket with their awesome mobile app go to wealthfront.com slash five by five that's going to support the show And it will also do something amazing for you. If you sign up to invest, they will manage your first 15,000 entirely free of charge for life. That means in addition to never paying commissions or hidden fees, you also won't pay any management fees to have that first 15,000 invested. Claim your offer today. Did you write this, Hattie? I don't think so. Claim your offer. That doesn't sound like Hattie writing.
1: Yeah, I didn't write that part.
0: Claim your offer today. Wealthfront.com slash 5 by 5 Support the show. 15K? Free of charge for life? That's a good deal. Now, for compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member F- FINRA, NSIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involve risks. There's a possibility of losing money past performances. No guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Life is a competition. People are not all equal. Now, people should all be treated Equally. Everybody should be treated equally. I want to make sure that everyone hears that. Okay, but that does not mean that people who win should get the same trophy as people who just showed up. Providing gluten-free options. And my last topic is going to be for the next episode. So I want you to remember this one, Hattie, because we're, at, we're out of time.
1: I know. But There's I will I say. will drop
0: a little teaser. Ooh. And I've talked about this before, but I'm working up a whole outline of, of things uh, do I want to talk about. Do you see the things
1: about. I put in there too? Do those?
0: No, because this is in my iCloud note, my private iCloud note.
1: Oh, I thought you were using the Trello.
0: I didn't even have time to look at the Trello because I have all these to get through. This has been here for three weeks. What yeah, you... I
1: might as well get through those first.
0: You're doing something weird to your microphone.
1: I'm resting my face on okay. it. Okay.
0: <laughs> We have the Clorox one.
1: <laughs> it's my mic.
0: The topic is uh, the difference between building a business and a practice, but that's a, that's different. Now, I, we do have some emails I want to read.
1: Still haven't gotten any calls?
0: I stopped looking. Oh, you don't even want to. But I want to mention the Ansible's back and people can call. Hi, Dan and Hattie. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Wondered if I might get your perspective on an upcoming decision. I've worked in web development for the last seven years. The most recent four and a half years at the same company. Our recent acquisition by a much larger firm has pretty much trashed our formerly excellent culture. And while it has allowed us to stay afloat financially, the client accounts we now have are increasingly corporate, uninnovating, and uninteresting to me. Uninnovative and uninteresting to me. I'm fairly set on leaving at the beginning of next year, but I want to take a break from web dev and do something completely different for a while. I've set my sights on working as a cycle courier for six months before returning to a full-time job back in webdev. I've been talking with couriers and have a bunch of leads for companies that accept rookies and have a fairly realistic appreciation of the realities of the job, including the large pay cut I will take. I'm fortunate enough to work in London, where there is both a thriving tech scene and a cycle courier culture. So I don't think I'll have any trouble finding full-time work when I stop writing, especially if I can articulate why I did it and what I learned from the experience. I want a change of scene and the chance to do something physical for a while and do some work where my purpose and value add is clearer. I uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts and see whether I'm missing any obvious angles. In particular, I wondered if it was worth approaching some tech companies and seeing if they would agree to hire me in six months whether they're unlikely to commit to something like that. Thanks so much for reading this. If you do indeed get a chance to do so, and thanks for quit and all the great shows <laughs> on Five by Five. Best from London, James.
1: First of all, my inclination is to say that's a great idea. And I think if you are lucky enough to know what you want to do, be able to financially change your situation. And do something that would be a lovely change of scenery for you and do something active instead of sitting in front of a computer. Awesome. And you have a time frame. Awesome. I say do it. Sounds great. Yes, I think people, uh, employers will say, yep, six months. That's because they don't know what you're doing. They don't know if you're at another job for another six months. They don't know. So I say do it. I think it's a great idea.
0: Heidi is a very optimistic person. <laughs> that's one reason I love to have her around. <laughs>
1: Another reason why we have you on the show. <laughs> uh,
0: I I have two comments. Three. First is I at in, at a fundamental level I agree with everything Hattie said. On a more uh, perhaps pragmatic level, I would like to say that. Um. As, a potential imp- your, as your potential future employer, mm-hmm. I would like to comment that it, there's another way that somebody might perceive your decision to be a bike messenger.
1: I think I know what you're going to say.
0: Maybe you were fired from your job and didn't list it or maybe you quit on a bad way or maybe you left and couldn't find another job. And so you took a crappy job as a bike messenger, which clearly nobody with an education would ever want to do because people with educations want to get fat in front of a computer. They don't want to use their body and get in shape and be outside and ride around London and, like, interact with real human beings. Because
1: that sounds horrible. (laughs) You want
0: to have all your relationships distilled down to instant messenger so you can sit in your – Dark corner in front of your MacBook and, and type out code. And get a piriformis problem. Right. <laughs> Why would anyone want to, like, ride a bike around London? Right. What a terrible thing. So, and that's American sarcasm for those of you in the UK.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the British they invented they, sarcasm. They do
0: not. They, Monty Python did, and then they forgot it. <laughs> No, we've had foreign listeners say that they don't understand the sarcasm. Really? Yes.
1: But British?
0: Yeah, they're very good at I was going to
1: say, that was the only thing.
0: Yeah, they, but they did, they have lost it over the years. It was better when Monty Python was still in the air. True. Anyway, second thing I have to say is, is lo, oh, and uh, as an addendum to that, here's how you can prove it. Uh, you must maintain a blog or a Tumblr Or something, not just Twitter, but a separate little blog. And there's a few reasons why you want to do this. The first one is it works as proof that you did this for a real reason. Ah, I see what you're saying. So, a social
1: experiment in a way.
0: On January 1st, I decided it was the first day to leave my job and become a bike messenger. And I'm going to write about this and I'm going to take photos of it and I'm going to. I'm going to take a picture of my bike and I'm going to do all these other things and I'm going to share this with people who want to follow along on my journey of doing this.
1: Because it's a decision. It's a
0: decision. (laughs) So on the one hand, it proves that. Uh On the other hand, it becomes a really fun, interesting way to document and share the whole experience because in five years or 10 years or 20 years, you'll probably have forgotten a lot of the details about it. And this is a way that you can remember it and share it and return to it. and And inspire other people. Definitely inspire other people. And so that when you are um when you are applying for your next job and you have that line on your resume, <clears throat> sorry, CV, and you uh you want to uh tell people about it, you can call yourself the web geek who turned bike messenger for six months. Like right now I want to. Oh, I can read about your story and I can see all of this. And like, remember that time when the. The the guy wasn't paying attention. He opened the door and you went right into his door and flipped over it and you broke your clavicle. And yeah, you know what? <laughs> That's dance. right here in the picture right here. Uh, and so that brings me to the third thing, which is be careful.
1: Yes, please. Because- especially in London.
0: Yeah, right. I've never been to London, the buses. but it sounds crazy. People
1: really drive too fast there, especially in the city. It's now scary. They, they do
0: have socialized medicine, which means when he breaks his clavicle, it will right. only be three months uh, exactly. before he gets care for it Right. and uh, the care he gets questionable. But, uh, you know, <laughs> good. Go, go and do it. And uh, I think it will be exciting. But I, I really would love for you to document the process, not only to CYA, but which is uh, American... For uh, uh,
1: cover your bum, cover
0: your your boot or your bonnet. I forget <clears> which. Right, cover your bonnet. Uh huh. And uh and and do it, but also because of the the sharing aspect. But honestly, if I were hiring someone and they said, "Well, uh, what have you been doing for six months?" Oh yeah, I was I was a bike messenger. I can be like, really? Why were you a bike messenger? Well, I just wanted to ride my bike. In my mind, right, that's not. Don't frame it like that. Right. If you're like. <laughs> I went to be a bike messenger because I wanted to. I needed a change of scenery. I needed a change of scenery. I wanted to get refreshed and everything else. For this job. I wanted to be refreshed. (laughs) I'm going to. And by the way, like the URL of my experience is right here online. I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to think it's cool.
1: I'm a web dev. I built the whole thing myself. There you you go. Like throw that in there and that can become a portfolio piece. Like, I don't know. What a
0: great idea, Hattie. That's an excellent idea. But what
1: I was also going to say is.
0: Sorry, we just don't have the resources to do that. What? That was a reference to the earlier oh. conversation when I had to say no to something even when it's oh, a good idea. See? There you go. See? Did um, it make you feel bad though? No. Okay. See?
1: Um, but keep your skills sharp. Don't, in that six months that you are doing the bike, like make sure that they know that you haven't forgotten everything that you <laughs> know Yeah. as a web dev. So yeah. that would be my other
0: That's a good thing. one.
1: That's why, I, what made me kind of think of do it yourself. I
0: don't think he's missing any angles. Like I don't think he's not seeing something.
1: No, I think I think he also he seems like he's really thought it through and planned it out. And I think that that's
0: my last thing is, um, he talks about how he thinks it will be easy for him to get a new job again. I think it's probably accurate that it will be somewhat easy for him to get a new job again. But he seems confident. Plan on it. Let's do the worst case scenario. Plan on it taking ninety days to get a new job, so that. As long as he has enough money in the bank so that when he's done with his six months of, you know, of bike couriering, uh, right, couriering, like, it's,
1: t- it's over now.
0: I'm ready to go get a job.
1: Still bike courier maybe for a while? Yeah. <laughs> Until like, the day that maybe you get the new job.
0: Right. Or if he wants to take the bold move and be like, you know what? On this day, I'm no longer a bike messenger. Now my full-time job is finding a new job, which is the right way to do it, I think. I agree. That... um that 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 he can go into it whole hog, full force, but he has three months cash to set aside in case it doesn't work because then he'll be fine. Right. That's it. I'm out. That was a good email. Thank you. I mean, I didn't write it. Right. Hattie exists uh, mainly on Twitter. And Instagram. She is at Hattie Bird on uh, Twitter, at Haddles.
1: I'm thinking about changing it.
0: Do pe did people call you Haddles?
1: Yeah, some people.
0: Or was were they calling you Hattie Bird mostly? I feel like you've got to pick one thing. Uh, and run Bird. with I it. I pick Hattie Bird. You better change it fast.
1: Yeah. I think I registered it. I oh, anyway. <laughs> it's Haddles now, it'll be Hattiebird later, done, Matt.
0: I am uh, at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and, and Dan Benjamin everywhere else. I appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back to do a new show. Uh, for you soon because i got a lot more to talk about and maybe next time we'll uh, actually take some calls but uh, now that you know we're doing it again we record this show at 5 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday so uh, come and check it out and thanks for listening and by the way if you didn't like our sponsors if they're not for you I appreciate that there's still a way you can help out we have a Patreon it's patreon.com slash five by five donate a buck And do one buck a month. Or do a dollar for every uh, show that you like, that you listen to. You listen to four shows a month, give us four bucks. I think we'll worth it. I think so, too. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon.